is Authors Alcove, where writers learn from writers. Readers get the inside scoop, and everyone learns something. An episode comes out every Wednesday, where writers share their latest work. Every other Tuesday, where us writers get taught by such experts as editors, book cover artists, and marketing execs, and beyond. So grab a cup of coffee, and let's dive into our next book. Welcome to Authors Alcove. This is Agnes Wolf. Today I have writer of young adult fantasy, Sarah Marie Page. Her short stories have been published in Y Magazine, The Advocate, The Crow's Quill, and Hippocampus Magazine. She's also an attorney and a beloved cat owner. And welcome, Sarah. Thanks for having me, Agnes. Do you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and what inspired you to become a writer? Maybe a little bit about your cat because it sounds cute. So I have been writing basically every other right. Like, I feel like everybody's like, I've been writing my whole life. And that's true. I have been writing my whole life. I would sit on my dad's lap before I could even type and I would dictate and he would type the words to the stories and would illustrate them with Microsoft clip art. And I really just, I, I grew up right. Like, I grew up writing. I did take a little bit of a break while I was in college. So I kind of fell away from it in college and through law school. My final year of law school, I was walking across campus and I saw a contest that, and the grand prize was like $3,000, which is a lot of money for a broke college student. And I said, okay, well, maybe I'll enter this contest. So I entered it. I actually ended up winning. So that was pretty cool. I got the grand prize and got to read the essay in front of the entire school at the homecoming opening ceremonies. But after that, I was like, you know, like I, I love writing. There was this book that I had been working on in high school. And I was like, I could have written that book 10 times over had I just like written a little bit every single day. And so, yeah, back in 2018, I decided I'm going to finish that book and I'm just going to write a little bit every day. And I've been writing a little bit every day ever since. That's so awesome. And you actually have a book coming out or not a book, but you have a short story that's being published this month. Do you mind sharing about that and where we can find it? Yeah. So that is in the Doors Ajar magazine. It's called Breathe Fire. It's a story about mothers and daughters. This one, I, I lived on the edge with a little bit. So I wrote it and I didn't let anybody else read it. It was only maybe it's maybe a thousand words, 1500 words. It's very short. Usually I get feedback from critique partners uh, and my friends, but I wrote it and then I just started submitting it around to different journals. And the response was very, very positive. It got a tiered response from Smoke Long Magazine, which is one of the top literary magazines. So they didn't take it, but they it got a tiered rejection, which I have never been so proud of a tiered rejection than the one that I got from Smoke Long. And it found a home with Doors Ajar magazine. And yeah, that comes out in this month. That's so exciting. You have not yet published your books, but you do have one that you're currently querying and you have one that isn't a work in progress. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about both of those real quick? I would love to. So the book that I am querying, so the type of fantasy that I write is really lighthearted and silly fantasy. It doesn't sound like it when I explain them, because when I was explaining this idea to my critique partners, they were like, that does not sound very lighthearted and silly. 
But if you want to see for yourself, I do have a short story on my website for email subscribers. But the one that I'm querying is about a girl who goes undercover with her sexy enemy's son to find and steal her weapon after her best friend is found murdered on the beaches. So that is House of Smoke. It has a very, very special place in my heart. The one that I'm currently writing is called Serpent Green Venom Blue. And it is a love letter to Holly Black's prints. And basically for that one, it's about a portrait painter who accidentally binds herself to her nemesis, the crown prince, and anything negative that one of them feels or experiences, the, uh, the other one also experiences. For example, she gets her period, he gets the cramps, and like she gets mad at him and Spike climbs a ton of stairs and he ends up with the really really sore legs afterwards and so it's about the process of them trying to undo this binding enemies to lovers he's very much a himbo sort of flamboyant and she's very very grumpy so i am so excited and i love those characters so much I have a prequel short story, and that is the one that's on my website available to email subscribers. It's called Rapacity, uh, and it features some of the characters from Serpent Green, not the main characters, but it will give you a taste of, if you like Rapacity and you like the antics and the banter in Rapacity, you would love Serpent Green, and you would also really love House of Smoke. I actually am going to be talking about Rapacity in just a few minutes. So when I looked up on you and I said you were not yet published with your books, but you were have many short stories published, I was looking to see, you know, like what some of the things that we were really strong in. And I noticed that you were really strong in your presentation of yourself and your marketing and like your pre-marketing for your books. And one of them is that rapacity actually is one of the things that I noticed. So I just want to talk a little bit about the pre-marketing piece. One of the things you are doing is building a website and a newsletter. Do you mind sharing with me what you send out as your newsletter and how you are getting some people to subscribe to this newsletter? Because I feel you're doing just a really good job with that. And I just think that our aspiring authors would really like to know. Well, I started out this year, I knew nothing about websites and I knew nothing about newsletters. I had never built a website, never built a newsletter. I did not see myself as a techie person at all, but I did watch a video and a guy in the video said, you just have to hit buttons and see what happens. And so that's my philosophy is I just hit buttons and see what happens. And anything that you do, you can always undo with like web design. So I've learned a lot just by like fearlessly experimenting. So I did build a website at this is the website. If you go to sarahpagestories.com, it's actually the second website that I built. The first website that I built was kind of janky. And my friend looked at it and she was like, Sarah, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm hitting buttons. And she's like, you're going to come visit me in Utah and we are going to build you a better website. And I will like show you some like tips and stuff that you are just not picking up by hitting your buttons. So she helped me build that website. And then I have since gone in and tweaked it and edited it and changed it and hit more buttons. And now it looks like the way it looks with the newsletter again, hitting buttons. So I read the newsletter ninja I want to say it's by Tammy. The last name starts with L. I'll give it to you and you can stick it in the show notes. That was a really helpful resource for author newsletters. The advice that I kept seeing as I was looking into marketing and all of that was to have a newsletter. And at first I was like, am I really like 
this sounds very dinosaur advice. Like it seems like social media is where it is at, but a newsletter is something that you own and you know, social media is borrowed ground. So if the algorithm decides it doesn't like you, it can bury your posts or you can get kicked off social media. But for the most part, your newsletter will get delivered. So for those newsletters, I send them out twice a month. I give updates on my writing and just funny things that I've come across. I This next one that I'm talking about Uh, or the the next one that I have planned, it's probably going to have gone out by the time this episode airs. But I'm talking about the different dumb things that my critique partner has talked me out of doing. For example, in House of Smoke, I was editing it. And I was like, Caitlin, Caitlin is one of my critique partners. I was like, Caitlin, I have this brilliant idea. I'm going to put the love scene. And I'm going to have them confess their love when they're in the tent. And she's like, you realize the main character's dad is like dying literally behind them. It's a bad idea. And so, yeah, just talking about like different writing fails, the process, the journey, books I've been enjoying. We have a lot of fun. You should subscribe to my newsletter if you are listening to this shameless plug. And more shameless plugging. You are actually on Bookstagram. You are on BookTok. You are on Book tube you're on all of those and i really like some of the shorts that you've done the, some of the reels especially where you're having like your blanket walk across the room basically and i love that i just really love your personality and i think it really comes through and i think those are some of those things that i th- think are going to catch people's attention which is really going to like increase your audience for um not only getting you to your current short stories but also getting your book into people's hands so which one would you say is your favorite of the different social medias probably instagram because i have been on so i would say to anybody who is just starting out on social media for authors do not try and start all of them at once that is a recipe for disaster i have shiny thing syndrome and so it's very very easy for me to like start 12 different projects at once and then all of a sudden drop the ball on all of them do not do that. Just pick one and focus on it. I really like Instagram because I like the aesthetic component of it. I also feel like I understand Instagram better than I understand TikTok. If you go look at my TikToks and you go scroll back, there's like several where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I like to say that, right? And then people are like, just throw stuff at the wall and see what hits. And I'm like, okay, so we're back to just pushing buttons, basically. I can do this. I'm good at pushing buttons. But yeah, I like the I like the aesthetic component of Instagram. I have played around with my aesthetic quite a bit to find something that I was happy with. Um, but I'm yeah. Did you want to share a little bit about that? Absolutely. So coming up with an aesthetic was really important to me as an author. I really wanted a strong brand. I looked at some of the other authors who were in my boat and had really, really strong brands. And I was like, want that, want to be recognizable and I want it to be unique. So I went through several iterations of it. What you see, if you look me up today is not the first thing that I started with. Again, it was just more fearless pushing buttons to see what worked. I had a time, I think if you scroll back on my Instagram, there's like some like olive green and like some like ruby red right now it's like very like soft pinks and purples and creams and very like light and dreamy which kind of fits with the vibes of the stories that I write they're kind of soft and fluffy and silly and 
And so the vibe and the aesthetic works, but I experimented and I decided I am going to experiment with this when I am small, because when I'm small, the only people that are going to notice me making changes to my aesthetic are like my mom and my critique partners and you. (laughs) So anyways, I was like, I'm just going to experiment. So I would say if you want like to make your aesthetic more like like, don't be afraid to experiment and to try things out what you start out with is not something that you're married to or locked in with just start and live with it and see how you feel and then if you don't like it then you can change it and it's better to do that and make those changes when you're small because you're gonna have far fewer people being confused about why all of a sudden you went from filter to a really like light and airy filter you know i think it's funny that you call your writing like soft and fluffy because when i first heard about the rapacity and like i was reading it i was like okay it's a demon prince and you know like thinking like a demon so it's like how is that soft and fluffy and yeah you you're very fun with your writing and i really like that and i think it comes across also in your branding and stuff one of the things I think you also are doing well is a way that you've invited people to join your newsletter is to send them the rapacity and I think that it's a really good method of trying to build your newsletter so let's go back to rapacity can you just share a little bit about it I know you did a little bit without giving away spoilers like the premise of it and I really recommend that you guys get on her newsletter so you can get that rapacity just go to her website and there's a link there where you can get you can actually get this whole short story for completely free it's a completely free one so it's about a sexy demon prince who can't lie and a princess to be who initially goes down there to make a deal with him to save her fiance that's the premise of it without giving too much away if you like banter if you like like bay riddles like i said the whole serpent green world this is like written in the serpent green world and so it's a prequel short story to serpent green and it's very much like holly black it's a love letter to holly black's cruel prince i loved the cruel prince series and i love like fey bargains and not being able to lie and like sexy demon princes and so i'm like if you like that sort of stuff you would like rapacity if you don't like that sort of stuff don't download rapacity because you would not like it (laughs) no i think most people that like fantasy are gonna love it so another thing i was really impressed by was how you were promoting other authors when when i went to join your newsletter you were like hey you should check out these three as well are those people that you're like joining with and you guys are reciprocal authors that you're going to be sharing about each other so sometimes and so i have been growing the ways i've been growing is uh through opacity and then also through newsletter swaps Sometimes the newsletter swaps are just people that I've met and decided to swap with and just reaching out. I have, I have no fear with pushing buttons and I have no fear with reaching out to people. And that's the, so anyways, I reach out to people and push buttons and end up doing swaps with people. And then sometimes I also do a lot of hyping of my friends and critique partners. I really think it's important as a writer to have a community and to have people who will rally you up and to lift you up and to be your cheerleaders. And I have identified purposely, like it wasn't like just like random people that I found. I 
found them and selected them because they're good writers. And because I'm like, I want to hitch my horse to your wagon because I can tell that you are going to go places and I am just going to sit in the back being your loudest cheerleader. And so I do do a lot of promotion and screaming about my critique partners because they're phenomenal writers. They're so good. And I am so excited to see their books on the shelf someday so that everybody else can love them too. That is awesome. Where are you connecting with these people? So the first one that I ever found, her name was Caitlin, and I met her in the pandemic over a Facebook group. So I do a lot of things by the seat of my pants. <laughs> that is kind of my MO. So anyways, I saw this call for like, I'm starting a writer's group. It was uh, April of 2020 or March of 2020. So the pandemic, everybody was kind of bored. I'm starting a writer's group looking for people to uh, get into that group. So I joined it. Caitlin also joined it. We did the writer's group. There were seven of us, which is way too many people, I think, for a critique group. If I could go back, I would not do seven people meeting weekly again. That was just, it was a lot, but it was the pandemic. So everything was closed. As the stuff started to reopen, people started to fall off and the group kind of like fell apart. And I was like, I really like Caitlin's writing style and the type of stories that she tells and so yeah we became really really good friends she lives in ireland i've been out to see her in ireland and then my other uh critique partners i found through twitter actually or what was formerly twitter now x but they're having a bit of a branding crisis anyways that is a good if you're an aspiring writer and you are not on twitter it's changing but that was a good place to meet people. And the one of my really good critique partners, I was actually doing a revise and resubmit for her agent and reached out because no fear, right? And just started asking her questions. How do you like working with this agent? She's like, well, I'll read your book. And I was like, hey, can I read your book that's on sub? The agent has taken out on submission. And she's like, sure. And so we like swapped manuscripts. And I was like, you are freaking good. She writes horror, so she's a different genre than me. If you like Mike Flanagan, Haunting of Hill House, or Stranger Things, you would like her writing. So anyways, I was like, she's phenomenal, and I want her to be my friend. So I just kept like messaging her <laughs> and now she's like one of my best friends. Anyways, so that's how, and then I have some other critique partners who found me actually from putting myself out there and they were like Sarah looks cool can we have her in our critique group so that is how that's how I found people and like I said I I like to lift them up and rally them and cheer them on because they're all amazing and so you've really shared a lot about the your process up to this point now I want to hear a little bit more about the book that I believe is going to become very published and I think people are going to love it based on the reading of what I've read I've not read any of that I've not asked for an advanced copy of this I'm just basing it on rapacity and just what I have been researching about Sarah but anyway so so you're currently querying for the book House of Smoke well let's first go with what is the process that you've been doing with querying and how has it been for you querying for this book so far so wearing it and my goal is always to traditionally publish it that was my initial goal house of smoke actually came out of and this is 
relevant for where it's maybe going to go. But House of Smoke came out of like rejection. So in 2019 or in 2018, I landed my dream job as an attorney at a big fancy law firm. And one year into the job, my mentor took me to lunch and he said, Sarah, I just want to tell you what's going on. You're not good at legal writing. You're not good at legal research. You're only good at filling out forms. And when you hear that, like, your heart just kind of like sinks and you just like feel awful. And so I went through this like dark place where I just like did not feel like I, like I, like I felt like I was a nobody and I desperately, desperately wanted to be a somebody. And so I started writing House of Smoke and there are still passages in that book that I read. And I, I wrote them when I was in that like dark place, dealing with those feelings of not feeling like I was good enough. And I read those passages and I'm like, I, you can like feel the hurt in those passages and like the longing and like the wanting to be enough. And so wrote that book through most of 2021 and 2022. Like I, I wrote the first draft back in 2019 when I had that rejection and then went and worked on another project that was later shelved because I couldn't fix it. But anyways, then went back to House of Smoke, finished it, started querying it. My first ever full request was a revise and resubmit. And I knew, I was like, I think, I knew submitting it. I was like, I know the beginning's really good, but it has issues at the end. And that's what she came back. She was like, the beginning's really good, but there are issues at the end. So fix the issues at the end. And I was like, oh, fine. Um, so that was the kick in the pants to fix the issues in the end. I got like 12 requests on it out of all the, which is a very, very high rate for querying in 2022, but they all ended up being passes and the passes have the same pass from like four different agents. And it was like the exact same thing. It was, I love it, but send me your next project. And that just like seeing that. And, and many of them said, I love it. There's something I can't put my finger on, which means that I'm not the right agent for it. So send me your next project. I got the pass like four times. And I do, which is, I mean, looking at it now, I'm like, okay, well, I have a long list of agents I can try sending Serpent Green to who want my next project. But just seeing that, and I was like, it's kind of ironic that this book that I wrote about not being good enough and that I wrote coming out of those feelings is now being told, oh, you know, it just is not good enough. And interestingly enough, like, the response that I had from my beta readers was very, very positive. I paid betas because I, I wanted people who were not my friends to read it and give responses. And one of them said, can I buy a copy when it comes out? And the other one that I paid said, can I read the sequel for free? And I was like, or like, I will read the sequel for free. You don't have to pay me to beta. I will read it for free. That's what she was saying. Anyways, and so now I'm at this point where I haven't sent out new queries since the beginning of the year because I was kind of waiting to see what happened to these full requests. I do feel like it's, a, it's almost a little bit poetic to self-publish it and to just say, no, it's, you know, because that fits with the theme of the story, right? And that's it, it's coming like full circle and coming home to be like, I don't need, you know, a agent or an editor to tell me it, it's good enough. Like I know it's good enough. And so, yeah, that's, I, I'm still trying to, at this point and at the time of recording, I'm still trying to 
decide which path that I'm going to go down. But I think that ultimately it's a good story and it will find its readers and it's something that I'm proud of. What's interesting, you're sharing all of that. And I was trying to look up the facts and figures, but like you'll see a lot of people post that Harry Potter was rejected 12 times. And the truth is that it was rejected way more than that. After the agent, it was rejected 12 times. So she was actually rejected like 30, 40, 50. I don't know how many times I was trying to remember and I couldn't find, I was just seeing that 12 again, 12. But that one is kind of misleading because she actually was rejected way more than that. And then 12 after she got a good agent. And now look at how successful her book is. It's literally the most successful that was written in the 20th century. But anyway, I can tell that you're an amazing author. So have you considered doing the self-publishing route at all? Or is that something that's just, you're going to wait to see how the traditional publishing goes? Yeah, like I was saying, I have this spot where I'm thinking about it and trying to figure out what to do next. And like I said, I do think it would come full circle for self-publishing it because it is the book that I wrote about being good enough and like you are good enough. And I wrote it from this place where I was trying to figure out if I was good enough. And then to just come to this place where you're like, no, this is, this is good enough. Like this is, it, it brings a full circle for the theme and is kind of poetic that way. And I like that. Like, so I'm, I'm trying to figure it out at this point. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk about the book itself. What is the premise of it? Like the plot line without giving out too many spoilers. Yes. So it is about a girl who she feels like she is a nobody and she's a royal apprentice physician and is vying for one of two physician jobs. Anyways, her best friend is found murdered on the beaches. And it's this mystery of, you know, who killed the best friend in order to help solve this mystery. She agrees to go undercover with the enemy who they believe is responsible. The enemy has a hot illusion, magic wielding son who's kind of grumpy and very angsty. And the latest draft that I did, the angst got dialed up a lot. So he's super angsty. And so she agrees to go undercover with him as their guide and yeah it's about her trying to solve the mystery of who kills her friend and not lose her own head in the process and she uses her medical knowledge in ways that she should not maybe use her medical knowledge for example uh, i'm not going to give it away you'll have to read the book okay i can't wait you'll have to make sure that you contact me again and i'll have to have you on when you go to publish that one when it comes out so my last question well not my last question but my last question about your um, writing i want to go back to the book that or the short story that is coming out this month do you mind i know you told at the beginning but just to remind our listeners where can they find it what is it about and i'll make sure i put that stuff in the show notes i'm very curious how do you find magazines that are open to publishing short stories so this one is it's called breeze fire it's about mothers and daughters the idea came from actually a law school class where the teacher said that you know every woman is born with all the eggs that she is going to have so technically the seed of you existed in your grandmother because your grandmother carried your mother but she also carried the seed or the egg that would become you. And so it's kind of based on that premise. It's a little bit more literary and less fluffy than 
my full-length novels, the way that I find magazines to publish in, so there are a couple different ways. There are some online lists that you can search if you search, you know, literary magazines or to submit to. I use a subscription called Duotrope. It's $5 a month and you just type in, you know, the genre and if you're doing like, I, I do a lot of flash fiction. So flash fiction and how many words and the topic and it will populate a ton of magazines that you can submit to. So that's how I find magazines. I think that's a little bit easier than Googling around. But before I knew about Duotrope, I did just use Google to submit. Awesome. And what would you say is the most challenging part of the writing process? For me, it's getting over the perfectionism and just writing. So as an attorney, the law brings in really type A perfectionist people. I'm kind of a perfectionist person and just realizing it doesn't have to be perfect. Some of the best stuff that I have written, I've written fast. It was but letting that go is, is hard. I spent two and a half years on my first book and, and couldn't get it to go anywhere because I couldn't let go of that perfectionist mindset. I think I spent two years writing, I could do not the same 30,000 words. And then with House of Smoke, I just wrote the garbage draft first. And now we're on draft seven or eight. I forget how many I've gone through. I'm on draft three of Serpent Green right now. And every time I, I do it, it gets better. But again, letting go of that perfectionist, it has to be now mindset. Now, there are some people who draft really clean. And so I don't want to say that like, that's the way that it has to be because my friend Christina, she'll write it, she'll spend, you know, eight or nine months doing a draft. And it'll be like a very, very clean draft that needs minimal edits. And that's just how her mind works. She just writes she's not able to she doesn't turn it off to write like the crappy first draft she just writes a very nice draft so there's not one way to write but for me it is letting go of that perfectionist mindset that's really good advice and which brings me to my very last question and i want to thank you very much for being on i am very excited for your book i also really strongly encourage people to follow her instagram and she puts some reels on there and I really like her little reels that you can find on YouTube and you know she doesn't have a lot I noticed it looks like it's been only like the last like four to five months or whatever but um, she definitely has a really good online presence I think she's a very good person to follow to see how she like is building that because I can see that it's going to just really amplify so I strongly encourage you guys to check that out before that I want to ask you for those who have not yet published even a short story what would be your greatest piece of advice you would give them my greatest piece of advice would be to find a community, find friends. I was going to say just write, but I think, truly think the biggest piece of advice that I have is to find like-minded friends and to find that community. Twitter is a good place. I think it's still a good place. As of the time we're recording, I, I think Twitter is still a good place, but find where the writers hang out and just like hang out there. And then look for people who are at the same point in their career as you also look for people who are a little bit ahead in their career as you that is what i have tried to do and i'm will not be shy about saying i've been strategic in the relationships that i have found and the people that i have reached out to i'm not just like blindly reaching out anyway so find that community i think that writing is one of those things that we can all go farther together and 
they have really helped me and pushed me. So yeah, look for that community. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on, be on here. And I think that you have a really promising career ahead of you. And I can't wait. I definitely, um, I was even telling my, I got my hair cut right before this. And I was telling the person who was cutting my hair, yeah, I'm going to be. And I was sharing about yours and that I had read the first part of your short story. And as soon as I got to the recording studio, I was going to finish reading it. But anyway, I just, I really think that you have talent and I can't wait to see what happens. And I'll be following your career for sure. And I definitely, I did subscribe to your newsletter. So I'll be getting in contact that way. So thank you you very much. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Authors Alcove. We will be back next week on Wednesday where we will have a writer share yet another piece of work. Also, every other Tuesday, we do learn from experts such as editors, marketing execs, book cover artists, illustrators, and more. If you are interested in being a guest on our show, feel free to go to authorsalcove.com, go to the podcast tab, and then click on Be a Guest. If you're looking for a healed heart, hop on over to our sister podcast, Strength, Love, and Healing with Authors Alcove. You can find that on Spotify and the Apple Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a great day.